are live on the X52 podcast YouTube channel. It's a happy hour here on a Tuesday night, and we are officially a Jack Flaherty program now. That's the move. That is the uh, the move that the Orioles make for a starting pitcher. Uh, we were talking before we got going here. Uh, I'm not super f- – shout out to our guy Shaq. Oh, I'm an apology. Not super familiar with this game, but I feel like I've heard the name, and we were talking it seems like a little bit more of that workhorse – kind of middle of the uh, middle of that starting rotation, kind of like a number three type. Uh, I'm joined by Banks. I'm joined by Spen. I'm joined by Taylor uh, in his office there down in College Park. How about that? Fear the Taylor hashtag. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is for a Taylor Cummings SB campaign. This was not built for me. I just want to state that for the record. This Good, yeah. Not, Let's, I, I'm I, I love talking about myself, but this is that, that thing is not about me. I I'm do sorry. love that the four of us are on, and RDT, <laughs> who has talked about this for 24 straight hours, yeah, is not you, on on time. So great you, job by him. You cucked me a little bit there. I was going to get to that. Of course, Eric, just for, nowhere to be found. We're in the group chat. He's in the group chat all day. He's you know, working the phones, working his sources. He's making a big deal about uh, this live stream. And uh, what do we got? We'll be on in a second. Breaking news coming across the wire. So wow. there we go. Uh, RDT is on the way, but Jack Flaherty, spending your, and we do need to contextualize this a little bit. Uh, Orioles were in the mix. It felt like for a couple different guys today, I felt like uh, Justin Verlander was maybe the the move that I think fan bases were maybe, or people in the fan base were wish casting a little bit. Uh, it does sound like the Orioles maybe were in talks with the Mets. He winds up going to the Astros. Uh, a couple other guys that got moved. I didn't really see a ton of buzz on them in the Orioles, but it was starting to build that you know, Michael Elias, what the hell are you doing? You know, stop sitting on your hands. Let's go do something. Uh, and then it's really started to culminate. Uh, our guy, White Sox Dave, over there in Chicago, was one of the people that put it out there that I would trust that said Orioles were in the mix for Dylan Cease uh, with the White Sox. Um, and then there was a tweet about 10 minutes ago that said he might be moved and that the Orioles and the Dodgers are in the mix. But then, uh, you know, 6 p.m. hit. Bob Nightingale put it out there. He is not going to be moved. So Dylan C is not going to be the move. They wind up with Jack Flaherty. Uh, just, you know, like I said, not super familiar, but, you know, looked at his stats, looked at his profile. It looks like a pretty damn good move. So, Spenny, you've, you've got some takes. Fire him off. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass the mic to, to Brian and Taylor first because I want to go through in a little bit, like, what the last couple hours have been. That's what I'm excited for. Brian, Brian was looking up some stats on Flaherty, too. I'll, I'll get to Flaherty. I want to pass the mic. Elsewhere first, Brian or Taylor, one of you guys go ahead. Yeah, Brian, yeah. Brian start us off. Is this going to be the best Flaherty to ever wear an Orioles uniform? Well, I can tell you right now, he's probably going to throw one pitch and be well ahead of uh, some of the others. I, I'm in the school of thought, and there's a lot of people like that. That there was, there's not a lot that was uh, provided by our guy Ryan there a few years back. But um, regardless, it's not about Ryan Flaherty today. It's about Jack Flaherty. It's about the Birds making a move here. It's not some knockout move. It's not Verlander. It's not Cease. It's not. It's not a home run play here, but it's a, it's probably a middle of the rotation type of guy who has been there, done that a little bit. Um, Drew Ryan in the deal as well just came out. Yeah. Okay. So that's okay. your that's your 18th and 16th best prospects if you're looking at MLB pipeline. Yeah, I mean it's it's really not much of a price uh, to pay for a guy who's been there, done that a little bit. He's got four playoff starts. Three of them were quite quality. Um, one of them was not a complete and total dud, but one where he probably didn't give his team a great chance to win. Um, but he's he's been in some high leverage situations. He's uh, you can't really say that about just about anybody involved in the rotation at the moment. So um, that's already a plus as it is. And then yeah, of course you want a, a game one guy that you give the ball to that's going to light it up. And, and there weren't a ton of options out there, and a couple of them did move, and we didn't get them, but we gave up nothing. You know, all things considered. And um, 
you know, it's it's a little bit of an arms race, plural here, where uh, with Tyler Wells getting set down, clearly losing it as the innings have piled up here and us having uh, some serious risk exposure with these other starters in a similar situation where they haven't gone deep into seasons, high innings. He is somebody who has. So um, all things considered, it's hard to say that we didn't come out of today um, at least mo- moderately better than we did coming into the day, I would say. Um, so uh, I think we've seen a really measured approach over the last couple of years by Elias as this thing has really gotten built up. And um, to deviate from that, you know, as exciting as it would have been, um, you know, it's probably not in the best interest for us, as disappointing as it is to some folks to hear that. And we do the same song and dance with the Ravens all the time. You know, when they don't make a splash in free agency and they wait and make measured move after there's roster cuts and we don't have to do the compensation pick thing and just taking a very measured approach and sticking with your philosophies here. uh, I think that's overall a good indication that we've got management that is, uh, you know, has a good head on their shoulders. Yeah, I I would, as as RET has now joined us here, great to great to have you on, uh, Eric. Great for you to join the program. Um, Thank you. The I think Banks summed it up well. I think the the thing that struck me about Flaherty is is two things. One, as Banks said, you know you can give him the ball in the playoffs, and he's been there before. Unlike a lot of the guys that are in this rotation right now, you know whether it's game one, game two, you know he has been in those spots and is used to it, and that's I think valuable for this roster. Despite the fact that Flaherty isn't old, um, he's twenty seven, so it's not as if you know they they traded for like a thirty two year old starter that's really been around the block, but. The other thing to me is obviously, you know, he's a free agent after this season. Um, so you potentially lose him. But um, if they can kind of implement the same way that they have turned around so many guys, whether it be starters or bullpen guys, maybe he's a guy you can convince to stay. You know, the Orioles, as we've talked about, are never going to be, you know, a huge hotbed for free agents. But um, maybe this is a guy that, that you know, gets into the culture and you're able to convince that, you know, he's going to be one of your frontline guys for years to come. And you're able to get him back to a point, you know, early in his career when he was, you know, a top five in Cy Young voting type of guy um, for St. Louis. So um, there's certainly, I, you know, they were saying on, on the ESPN special, when you look at Jack Flaherty, he's like the carbon, you know, the, the like perfect um, example of what you want a pitcher to look like from an athletic standpoint. And maybe when he gets into the organization, they can kind of fine tune those things to get him back to some of that form. I think, you know, there's still potential that trades trickle in here as we roll through the next 20 minutes. So maybe the Orioles aren't done. Maybe they go get a reliever. I think if you're going to have a criticism for what they did today, um, that would be it. You know, they did not necessarily at this point address the bullpen unless you're excited um, about the the guy they got from the Mariners who's pitching in high A right now. So they got, they got Chintaro Fujinami. And they have Fujinami, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So I know there are a lot of people that were looking for somebody else. But, yeah, good, good points, Ben. They did. They did. Essentially, everyone wanted a relief pitcher and a starting pitcher, and they did get both of those things. Now, was it like the Dylan Cease or the Justin Verlander? Um, no. But, you know, the Astros gave up their top prospect to get Verlander, and, you know, Cease would have cost – you know, it's so funny. Everybody wants these guys. And then it's like, well, if we don't have to give up Holiday and Kowser and Westberg and Norby and this guy, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll get it done. It's like that's not really how it works. So, you know, I agree with Banks. 
the organization has a philosophy. It is something we've given the Ravens as a city the benefit of the doubt on, sometimes to a fault for a long time. I think, you know, if you're going to do that, you have to give it to the Orioles at this point who have not missed on any part of this rebuild yet. So um, we shall see what happens. But I like the move, and and the price is not big. Prito's ne- he's never going to be a guy that factors in with all the middle infielders they have. So expendable piece, and then Drew Rahm's your 18th best prospect. He's, you know, whatever. You know, hopefully has, hopefully has a great career, but certainly expendable to get a guy like this when you're trying to make a playoff run. Looks yeah, like White Zach Sox uh, was also in the deal being reported now, too. Yeah. Who is it? Zach Showalter. Sure. Yeah. White Sox apparently attempting to compete next year. So it, it is kind of like a two to tango situation, too, where, you know, you look at the Verlander thing and apparently he had two teams on his list that he would go to and he went to one of them. And then uh, Chicago did not want to trade C. So I think that is kind of where you do have to have a little bit of a, uh, you got to look at it from a little bit more from, you know, a macro viewpoint. Uh, Eric, what are your, I guess we got to get you involved here. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to catch up on everything. Um, I'm looking. Um, yeah. I mean, again, I'm talking to my guy at Norfolk and his direct quote. Yeah. Plus he's not better than the million guys we have in front of him. He said he was a great guy. He said he was awesome. Again, he's a hitting machine. I mean, he, he you know, he's a hell of a player. But like we've talked about forever, like there's a log jam in the middle infield. Two years ago, he would have beat out, you know, Jamai Jones and been up here. But it's just not the case anymore. He wasn't going to play in front of any of those guys. Um, so they again, literally I, have I, Jackson Holiday. Yeah, still waiting, still waiting. Someone said like losing Showalter hurts. I don't think that I, I'm not I'm not losing sleep over Showalter or anyone like that. Um, but yeah, again, I mean, it, it, you know, Flaherty, he's a very intriguing piece. Again, I kind of came in late to what Banks was saying. Um, but I, I like, I mean, I, again, I don't think there's any, I don't, I don't know why we shouldn't again, trust this kind of pitching lab. Like I said, we saw it with Austin Voth and we've seen it with guys like that last year and, and, you know, guys who they've tinkered with this year. Again, his stuff is disgusting when he's, when he's on and healthy. Um, so again, I, I really like him again. I'm still kind of just going overall. I'm obviously, I know the name, but I haven't really watched much of his stuff um, except for a couple of years ago. But I mean, again, he's almost at a strikeout per inning. Obviously the ERA and whip aren't really what you want, but he's also been on a team that's dog water this year. So um, I don't know. Again, I mean, I, I'm excited again. We, we were clamoring all day and, and I couldn't tell you the amount of times I refreshed and was waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and, you know, I, they could have done a lot worse than Flaherty. I mean, I, I would, I would rather take Flaherty over a guy like Michael Lorenzen um, and some of those other guys. So I, I think he's going to fit in well. Um, someone asked me, like, you know, I wonder who gets sent down. I, I, I don't know, but but you got it. You make you make this move. Um, and again, I think you're automatically better. Um, I'm just looking now. I just now it's coming across MLB that that the trade. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, it looked like it sounds like the White Sox wanted the warehouse, the moon, and Jackson Holiday, which you're just not going to get it. You you were never going to get that for him. Um, and like you were talking about Verlander. The second that I kind of realized that he could really basically pick and choose where he wants to go with the no trade thing, if it came down to Houston and Baltimore, which maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but he was always going to go to Houston. It was always going to be Houston. Um, no, I mean, again, the Orioles could have offered Holiday, Gunner, and Adley, and and Verlander still could say, no, I'm going to, I want to go back to Houston. So that was kind of a pipe dream. I had some fun with it on social this morning. That was a good little time, get, get, get everyone riled up. Um, but, you know. I, was he ever going to come here? Probably not. I, you know, and then again, we all had our attention on Cease. I think Flaherty is, is a very good option. Um, 
you know, I still would have liked Erod too. I would have liked to throw that in or maybe Lang from um, the Tigers too, Foley as well. But um, again, I mean, Flaherty is good. I like him. Again, we're going to see, we talk about like, what are we going to do in the bullpen, the bullpen, the bullpen. Tyler Wells is going to probably move there, you would assume. Um, Again, hopefully he can kind of find himself in a one or two inning stint and not a five or six inning. But again, Flaherty is, I think he's a very exciting piece. I think it's going to be kind of a breath of fresh air for Orioles fans. Um, Again, I mean, we said we wanted a starter. We, we, you know, we got one now. So let's, and again, they didn't break the bank for him. They didn't, I don't think they overpaid, Um, but you know. It's it's you know good luck to Prito and and Drew Rom I think was in the deal and Showalter too so yep you know and again it's not like you're not they're not going to the Yankees or Tampa where you got to worry about them you know you'll tip your cap and you'll say thanks thanks for your time in Norfolk and we'll we'll see you later so I'm 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 happy with the move again it kind of sucks that it came at the very end of the day after I I've been the Popeyes worker meme for the last six hours but you know we got it we got it we got a starter so let's uh I guess we can rejoice in that. Like Brian said, someone with playoff experience has had three yeah. really nice starts in the playoffs. The Orioles, like, I, I was going to get a little mad on here if they didn't make a move. Like, I was going to get kind of pissed because it's kind of negligent at this point. Kramer, career high in innings pitch. Bradish, career high in innings pitched. Grayson, I mean, realistically should probably be on an innings limit of some degree. He's been up and down, so on and th- so forth. Looks great right now. Then Wells gets sent down. Like, you have Cole Irvin, which is – uh Hopefully someone that can be a viable starter for you was brought here to be. And then of course you've got Kyle Gibson. So it's like you have one proven veteran that you kind of have confidence in right now in Gibson when you're sitting in first place in the AL and in the AL East and playing so well. And you're so thin, your bullpen is so gassed because of this move. Wells sounds like the, I think the quote today from Hyde was that they had him in the pitching lab in, uh, in Aberdeen, in Aberdeen or Bel Air or whatever the heck they said. And, are probably going to work him back into the bullpen where he's familiar. So that will boost your bullpen. And you acquire Fujinami, who looks like kind of a little bit of a Felix clone that can hit 102 and has a nasty splitter. And Cano's been, you know, taking a little bit of lumps lately. So clearly he's he's getting a little tired. I think we've heard Ben McDonald talk about his arm slot dropping like six times in the last six appearances he's made. So now you go get a proven 27-year-old veteran that doesn't cost a lot. Um, you know, Prieto could be a very nice player. Drew Rom could be a very nice bullpen pitcher. Um, you know, I'm sure Showalter people have promise and don't want to see them, but guys, I mean, the Orioles acquired a starter that helps them out, make sure that they're not being negligent and didn't give up anything in their farm system. I, I'm sorry. They didn't go make a move that got rid of a Mayo or a Kerstad or a Kowser or a Westberg. Of course, Jackson Holly untouchable. Like Prieto could be a very nice player. That's fine. He's never going to play in Baltimore. He's never going to play in Baltimore. The Orioles yeah, still have such a log jam here. And I, I was going, kind of going through what the day was like. My, my things I wrote down was, if Cease isn't traded, I'm not mad. Like, if he is traded, I might be a little bit mad there. If they, he was traded to someone who wasn't the Orioles, I would be like, what the hell, go get him. You know, if it doesn't take a Jackson holiday. But White Sox probably wanted to feel compelled by something. Don't go make the move. Verlander is a sticky situation. He's owed a ton of money would have taken higher prospects. The Orioles can then keep some of those guys just because Ortiz and Norby and, you know, a couple other guys don't get traded today. Doesn't mean they can't get traded in the off season, early next the winter year, meeting trade deadline, winter meetings, no, Westberg gets pulled up at 20. Go ahead, Taylor. No, I was going to say the two things just to connect Verlander. First of all, could have just not, he could have just not accepted a trade to Baltimore anyway. He so, probably wanted to go to Houston. He probably told Yeah, So it's not time. as if he, that wasn't even a guarantee. And the other thing, to build off what you're saying, Spenny, is like 
the Orioles now, as you said, have all these guys. And this is the point where teams that are selling have the most leverage, right? Because they can charge a higher price because they know you need it. Once you get to the winter meetings, you can reevaluate and be like, okay, maybe we don't have to give as much to get this guy because they're just not as much of a clock ticking. There's no time like, crunch, right? Yeah, exactly. So, sorry, that was just jumping to say that. Oh, things. no, those are both great points. But, I mean, those, you know, Ortiz is older. He's, I'd say, the one that maybe is starting to push it a little. Maybe his value comes down a little something. He's 25, but Norby's 23. Westberg didn't get caught off till he was 24. It's still a younger ball player. Like, that doesn't matter. Uh, Mayo's 21. So they keep their they keep their stock. They make sure that they've got enough veteran pitching. Now bringing in Flaherty. Uh, I was just looking through what Flaherty throws here. I'm not. I would be lying if I'd say I'm super familiar with his game and everything. I know he's you know pitched in playoff games, things like that. He's got a very classic righty starter, four seam slider, curveball, cutter, changeup, and a little bit of a sinker there. Looks like his fastball has been around 93 the last couple of years. Gets hit 230. Expected batting average. Um, looks like on base percentage there, uh, 330 there, the sliders around 84, the curveball is a hook and it is 75. Uh, he's got a cutter, a changeup and a sinker he mixes in. So it's like a very familiar fix. And like we said, I don't know that the Orioles maybe really like sought out Flaherty. It feels like it was a, maybe a hint of a desperate move right up against the deadline where it's like, we have to get a veteran we can trust to eat some innings. And it's nice that he has playoff <laughs> experience, but I'm always going to give, Right now, like we mentioned earlier, the benefit of the doubt to a pitching organization that has been able to turn Jorge Lopez into Povich and Cano has been able to go get both to be the worst pitcher in baseball to a viable player for a couple months last year off the waivers has improved, you know, developed Kramer, developed Bradish, developed Wells. They've developed a ton of guys. And if you get anything out of means, givens, Tate at all whatsoever, I'm not expecting them to. I'm sure the Orioles know better than my stupid self does. I don't know a thing about their injury situations specifically, but if you get one of those guys to be a sixth inning guy like Michael Gibbons was, you know, four or five years ago, maybe not even nearly as good, but bullpen should be okay. So they're, they're fine, man. And I think the thing that stands out about this, I was also, I wrote down in my notes, the liftoff comment was going to piss me off if they didn't trade for a starter. Like mm-hmm. it would have been negligent. It, not that Flaherty is liftoff necessarily, but make sure you're not being like borderline negligent when you're in first place in the AL. So um, I I like, I like the move a lot and I trust the Orioles organization. I will give them the benefit of the doubt to go get the best out of Flaherty that he can achieve this year. I don't know if there's five other organizations I would trust more right now, you know, the Rays and maybe a couple others, but Orioles have done a damn good job with pitching. Isn't that crazy to say out loud? Yes. It, it made my it's nipples hard. freaking I think. crazy to say out loud. And you look back at that, that deadline deal last year, as Buster's going to try to work his way across me as I'm talking. Um, yeah, they. Um, I would say they bought some, some currency with the public there last year with the trade deadline when they were not far off. They were in the wild card race last year when they traded Jorge Lopez, their closer, all-star closer. And they look how that turned out. You know, that, that's the opposite of what everybody wanted them to do. And it turned out to be a great deal. So, um, you know, we're, we haven't had many opportunities up until these last two trade deadlines to really assess Mike Elias in this kind of context. And I feel like he's knocking it out of the park so far. I, again, like we can't really see the future as to whether this Flaherty thing works out great, but right now, um, He's not going crazy and like trying to 
to make too much happen. Like there's a reason we're in first place. It's because we have a good roster as is. And we have, you know, anything that we would have used to make a move today would not have jolted the, the 25 man or 26 man or 40 man roster that has kind of put us in this position. But at the same time, like this is a, this is a championship garage door or whatever term you want to use. It's not a window. I mean, it's so big. It's massive. So it's, it's, that. it's not a like it's not a win now. There it's not 2017 or 16 when the Orioles are like, hey, we've got these aging, you know, we have Adam Jones who's 30. We have Manny, you know, we have this guy who's this age. We have Chris Davis who's this age. Like the like you said, like you're the the their championship window is like literally not even open yet. And like you said, they're 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 sitting what 65 wins and in first place in the best division in the history of sports. Like it's uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there. It's it's plus Elias made the comments like he didn't want to really. He said he was has the only thing he said he was hesitant to part with was anyone that's really a full fledged member of the 2023 clubhouse because he doesn't want to mess up the competitive nature, the clubhouse environment, the chemistry they have going. They've been able to figure things out. They deserve the benefit of the doubt. This wasn't some record breaking. You know, this wasn't getting Chris Sale for, you know, three top of the four top of the line prospects when Chris Sale was on fire. It's not that move, but I think Elias, the Orioles and the clubhouse and Hyde at this point have done nothing over the last 14 May was what 15 months ago over the last 15 months, ever since Adley got called up, essentially they've done nothing but earn the benefit of the doubt to field a competitive team. And I think they've done, I don't want to say it's the bare minimum, but they did enough to feel like, okay, we should be okay to go figure something out in a playoff. You know, ho- hopefully they're able to go lock up the one seed. Not going to say that, but hopefully in the, you know, uh, wild card or divisional round to feel like they're not shorthanded. Their bullpen's not out of gas and their rotation meaningfully more so is going to be able to compete to a degree. So they did, uh, they did what they needed to do. They needed yes. to do something. This move is something. And I think that is a big deal. And I think, you know, getting a new guy into that rotation to help kind of cool these arms off a little bit, let these guys, you know, work their way back to where they need to be. I think that definitely is a big help. And I mean, it makes it so that like if they had done nothing and they had just said, oh, well, John Means and Dylan Tate, you know, my, like these guys are coming back like that would have been pretty, pretty freaking negligent. And now that this what this gives them is a workhorse to allow those guys to come back with less pressure. And it takes less pressure and it takes pressure off of the guys that are going to be around Flaherty. And uh, it gives them kind of like maybe that. We mentioned the younger Kyle Gibson comparison, maybe a Chris Tillman in that 2014 season, just kind of that, you know, steady hand, hopefully, that's going to come in and uh, settle things down for a pitching rotation from top to bottom that has looked a little bit shaky at times. And I don't know, like it, to, the, to the people that wanted more, I will not begrudge you at all because I think that this team, even before the Flaherty acquisition, absolutely could have won a World Series. I think this certainly helps their chances. They could have done more to supercharge their chances, and I would have been over the freaking moon because, you know, I'm not one of these quote-unquote prospect huggers or whatever you call them. But I don't know. I think, like, Heston Kerstad is probably going to help this team this year. I'm glad they didn't give him up to go and get a guy. Um, I mean, you know, maybe if it were for a season, you have that control, that would have been fine. But I think he's going to help this team this year. I know it's kind of a meme. Maybe Jackson Holiday, you know, we talked about that, is going to help this team in the playoffs. Probably not, but who knows? And they weren't going to give him up anyway, so... I don't know. It, it felt like a good kind of compromise and they didn't sit on their hands. And, you know, you know Banks, you mentioned last year um, or maybe it was some, somebody mentioned it last year. They kind of they kind of did sell a little bit last year. Like they kind of did sell on the idea of trying to do something 
And I think that hurt a little bit in the moment, but ultimately it did kind of pay off. But, you know, maybe we're getting a little bit of a diminishing return on Cano here now. It felt like maybe we're reaching the end of the rope with that. They recognized something, something needed to be done, and they went and did something. And I hope it's going to be better than that, but I don't know. I mean, even if it's not, you know, they got another starter, and that's something to be celebrated, I think. And and I know you talked about means, you know, possibly coming back. Um, and the, the news today with the DL Hall, you know, reporting back to Norfolk and getting ready to get ramped back up. And, again, that's an arm that I think we see him in the bullpen. And I'm, you know – kind of manifesting it. If you can get him to, to, you know, kind of be the DL hall that we thought he was going to be. And then that, you know, we, we assume that we were going to get throwing strikes, getting guys out. I mean, if you can get a set, a, a six, seven, eight, nine of hall, Cano, Fuji, Bautista. I mean, wh- what's the slowest pitch you're seeing there? I mean, you know, every fastball is up in, in the high nineties or, 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 you know, above a hundred. So again, that that's a big thing that I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about. I'm not putting any stock into Dylan Tate this year. I think that's kind of a lost cause. Um, but again, like we are going to get John Means back, and it, who knows what they're going to get from any of those guys? Means, Wells when he comes back up, um, or or um, Dale Hall. But um, you know, I think that's something to keep an eye on. And Jake, you you nailed it. I, I'm not upset at people who are like I wanted more because I wanted more. I think we all wanted more. I think everyone went into this a couple weeks ago being like, they're going to add at least another bullpen guy, you know, probably a starter, maybe even a bat, you know, and I think we all kind of just thought that. Um, the important part is it takes two to tango. Again, it's not just Mike Elias making these trades. There are other teams who, who again, may just may not have wanted, a, you know, a Preto or someone, you know, a Showalter or, or again, you know, Drew Rom. Like maybe they just didn't fit what they were looking for. Um I don't know. And again, like I had heard that the Orioles were in on Montgomery. I heard that that there were texts sent out from reporters being like the or like late. I think they said Monday night being like the Orioles are like in in on on uh, Montgomery. Obviously, he goes to the Rangers that I think someone said I forget who it was, but they said, you know, the Montgomery trade basically would have been Norby Ortiz and Michael Bauman for Montgomery. And then that reliever that they got. Like, that's a lot to give up for, for, you know, for Montgomery. I'm not doing that for for him like. He doesn't move the needle for me. Um, again, I, I, I don't. What is the drop off? Wants more because I definitely wanted more. But it's 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 you know again I think they did what they did and and like I said you could still trade guys in the offseason. There's a whole winter meeting where Connor Norby you know could be gone Ortiz could be gone all these guys. So again like Dylan Cease is still in play just because he didn't get traded today doesn't mean he can't get traded in the winter. Like he's still definitely in play and and again I mean I. I Someone asked me today, like, why do you have faith in Michael Elias? Like, what has he shown you to give, you know, to, to, for you to put your faith into him? And I just kind of said, like, I don't know. I just believe the guy. I think he's, I think he's going to do anything he can to improve this. Why ball does it have to be such a some game? Like, all he's done is build a winner, you know. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're talking about at the major league because that the whole thing is all he's done is improve the minor league roster. Like, you know, the all, major all league roster has is, 60 is, is the best team in the AL. Yeah. Those guys are talking about adding league the major league talent league. outside like of the farm. Sure. Program. Sure. Which, no, which, no doubt. I, I get that. Like he wasn't brought here to win a, a, a you know, they still, they still need to add it. They still need to add the, the top of rotation guy. And, yeah. t- and to be honest, this was the first like area, you know, time of acquisition of players where it really made sense for them to go all in on going and getting like a lot of major league talent. Like, yes, could you have signed some more guys in the off season? Maybe, but I think they wanted to keep things open to see what they had with a bunch of these guys that are in the minor leagues. Yes. Maybe people wanted them to go when they were, you know, sort of in the wild card dates last year and go get some guys. Sure. But 
that worked out well for me. And apologies for jumping off for a second. I, I think that like, yes, they could have done more. My biggest issue with the com- people that complain about wanting to do more, because I agree it would have been nice to have gotten one more starter, you know, and Eduardo Rodriguez, as you said, RDT, you know, obviously but he doesn't Cease even would- end up getting traded him and Cease. He doesn't get, get traded. traded. So maybe, yeah. But my issue is like, people are like, you know, this is what Twitter does creating fake trades that keeps out the top, like seven prospects in the system. Like you, people need to be, you know, ready for the fact that these, that some of these guys that you like fell in love with because they've done a great job promoting the young guys and, and whatever are going to be gone to get the top, top, top talent that you want. Yes. The Orioles are going to be able to trade for guys like Flaherty for days. If it's for the, you know, two top 25 prospects and a guy that's, you know, not in the top 30, depending on where you look. But like, if you're going to be will, if you're going to complain about, you know, why didn't they go get Dylan Cease? Well, then maybe you need to be willing to give up Heston Kershjad. I'm or not Jackson personally holiday. Or Jackson, Jackson Holiday. Holiday. I'm yeah. not personally willing to give those guys up, but I think they make the right decision too. But don't be like, why did we get Dylan Cease? Let's just give up, you know, you know, six, eight, and eleven. That's not how it works. Like if you're giving up a guy that was second in Cy Young voting and has two years of team control, you're giving up a top three prospect. Houston just gave up their number one prospect for a guy that they have for another year, theoretically, but they're going to pay like $90 million. I guess the Mets are going to take some of that, obviously. But that's what it's like to be aggressive and go all in. And Orioles fans are in between this thing where they're like, we want to go all in and be aggressive, but like, wait, don't take all these guys that could be this. So you can't have it. You're just, people are not going to have it both ways. That's my biggest frustration with watching the conjecture about this. So ultimately I think they did a good job. They go out, they get Fuji. There's your reliever. They get a starter. We will find out if it's not enough. Um, and if they can compete with these teams like the Astros and the Rangers that threw all their chips in the middle of the table, Michael eyes pushed some of them. He's clearly not willing to push all of them. And, you know, maybe in three years we'll look back and say, God, this was their best chance. And, and, and a bunch of things went wrong and they never had this chance again. Um, I'm willing to bet that with the organization they put together and the, and the talent level, they're going to have the, the chance to do this for multiple years. Um, and we'll see what happens. But that's that's sort of like, you know, Spenny, you were talking about the beginning, like you're sort of trying to go through your overall thoughts on like how you consume the day with all the stuff that was kind of getting like thrown out there. That was my biggest issue was like everyone's putting out these like Mike Elias tweets, like, you know, he's the worst GM in the league for not like going out and paying a bunch. But then it's like, oh, wait, but don't like, Dylan Cease, but don't put you can't have Jackson Holiday. It's like, yeah, you can't have Jackson Holiday, but then you're not getting Dylan Cease. So that's just, that's yeah. just how it goes. That's how people- this stuff goes. To your point on that, like people should understand that, it, especially on draft day, we, we've talked about this before. It's the same approach that Theo Epstein took. You just load up on bats. You just kind of ignore the pitching thing until you get to this fork in the road where you have to think about making a deal. And then you supplement it with free agency and such. We're not quite at that point yet, but we're getting there. And if the right deal came along today, I, I, I don't think that Elias would have hesitated to make that move. But to your point, Taylor, the price for Verlander, you know, on multiple fronts, the prospect, the, the salary, which we all know what the issues are payroll-wise here in Baltimore. Not to mention it was the never going to clause, and he ends up going back to Houston. But, yeah, right. So, But we should reiterate, um, and it's not our first time saying this, but this is this is by design. We're we're drafting all these college bats that are, that are going to be ready within – two, three years. And there's a couple exceptions to that. Obviously Jackson holiday is just like a freak of nature doing what he's doing. But um, the idea literally is to pull all these guys in, like just overload the cupboard and then go to market and make those trades. And we did a little bit of that today, but I feel great about the fact that we walked away 
with like not even really opening up the cupboard, to be honest. And we got better today. So what more could you ask for? I mean, I think one thing that would make it a lot better is, you know, if whenever they have the window to do so, it just comes out quickly that they've agreed to a contract with Flaherty. And it's like, all right, well, this guy's going to be in the rotate because he is in undraft or a uh, unrestricted free agent coming up. So, you know, that, that definitely would maybe alleviate some people's envy. I do think, I mean, like they're not going to comment on Brian just now. We're just not going to comment. You no, know, I know what he's doing. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end. Um, but <laughs> Big of me not to just bring it up from the yeah front. yeah I'm surprised so, you didn't leave yeah, but I wasn't gonna sit cost, here and not drink from it like you I accosted me on the at the center field bar about it on on Sunday <laughs> not exactly thank me. you're not gonna congratulate me <laughs> you're not gonna congratulate me by There's the some, way um, donor vibes there potentially <laughs> sorry to cut you off Jake but Brian was just blowing my mind for a second yeah yeah Eric you're <laughs> muted damn it. All right, we're back. Um, Alex Fast, who's a great Twitter follower, said, so the stage is set. Flaherty gives a nice upside, rotational depth. O's likely getting means back at some point. Hall and Givens likely back in relief, too. Will it be enough to to keep the AL East lead? Will it be enough for a deep playoff run? Don't know, but I'm excited as hell to see. I think that's I think that's very – I think that's pretty spot on. Based on that, I get might... one – before I pass it to Brian, I've got two senses. This could be the thought – this is like the thought experiment. What can we got enough of a starter to make sure we get to the postseason? Basically, then go to the postseason and treat it as what do we need to win next year and after? You know, who when, when it comes to nut cutting time in the playoffs, what is that experience like? Are we shell shocked, Brian? Go ahead. Uh, like to supplement your point there, I think, um, you know, if we go out and get two, two, maybe three starters today, you're potentially taking away Grayson Rodriguez's opportunity to go in and, and, either sink or swim, or, you know, even if he fails, you know, he has the opportunity to, um, to learn from that. It's kind of goes back to that 2018 playoff game a little bit with Lamar Jackson, when they, they dug the hole against the chargers and everybody's clamoring for Joe Flacco, they owed it to Lamar to kind of fail there and, and do what he did get the little experience under his belt. And, you know, to his credit, he kind of worked their way back in that game. But anyways, um, I want to dive a little bit more into the numbers here with Jack Flaherty for this season, because you look at it from, you know, 30,000 feet and you see the ERA and it's 4.43. It's not spectacular by any means, but it's not terrible either. Um, but you look at the game log and I'm not sure if this has been brought up on, on Twitter at all, uh, but he's got a just an absolute albatross of a start against the angels in early May where he gave up a 10 spot, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10 mm-hmm. spot in 2.1 innings. That's a classic example of a manager who probably has a taxed bullpen who just lets a guy eat it for a little bit there, mm-hmm. where usually a starter is going to get pulled before that number reaches double digits. We've seen um, that. But- ERA is stupid. Like- ERA Severino is on Sunday. Sure. Sure. But the point being is that he had a pretty solid April. ERA was under four. Um, and then he comes out of the gates in May there, and his ERA rises to 6.29. So he's worked that ERA down um, almost two full runs since that point in time. Um, if you just kind of clip uh, every start from, you know, after that, that, you know, absolute bomb of a start, um, he's got an ERA in the mid threes, and he's five and two, and the team is 10 and three in, in those 13 starts that he's had. So um, That's you know, it's easy to just awful, drop, too. yeah, drop. If we drop anyone's worst start from a season, obviously it's going to make an impact on the ultimate number. Well, they've got a, they've got at, a but... in that regard, though, with Fujinami, who had like the, uh, you know, he came out of the gates awful and then he turned it around slowly. And it, it feels like they've just, they've got their models and they stick to them and they like certain guys for, uh, 
you know, their potential. And if you go back and read Astro Ball, which obviously that's an interesting read now, but like they, they have a system for guys that they feel, you know, are under the radar. And, you know, and I mean, it's like even if you watch like Moneyball, it's it's all the same shit. Like it all comes from Billy Bean. And, you know, that's kind of what it is. And uh, people are tired of hearing it. And I totally get that. And uh, if this doesn't work out and even if they don't win a World Series, you got every right to be mad. But let's have that conversation when it's time to have that conversation today, they got better. And that's, a bit, and they didn't get a lot worse either in the, the farm system. So yeah. Flaherty yeah. wise too. Um, I looked, <laughs> most of my Jack Flaherty consumption has actually been through the lens of um, uh, yeah, best fans in baseball on Twitter. Oh, I don't know if you followed that account, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know that he loved St. Louis all that much. Uh, the fan base there, uh, let's just say they, uh, they're of a certain type. Um, we're the best that, fans in baseball. What do you mean? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so intelligent, so classy. Was, I mean, was very often butting heads with the fans there. And uh, he, he may be very excited and invigorated to come over here to Baltimore and um, just get a fresh start somewhere. Cause he's obviously got talent. He's a first round, first round pick, you know, ma- fast track to the majors uh, draft in 2014 was up in 2017. You know, he's clearly a guy. He was up in 21. Yeah, was his so, first MLB action. All the pieces are there, and he's only 27, like you said. So uh, there's and a lot of things to like here. There, there's a good comment too. I think Ace, who said Cardinals fielding is trash again. Like you can't look at WHIP and ERA and be like, oh well, he's bad. Again, he's playing on one of the worst teams in baseball. Like bad luck. Like Kyle Gibson did, kind of did the same thing last year. His numbers weren't great, and again, he played in front of a bad defense. But um, someone else tweeted Jack Flaherty last five stats, last five starts. 29 and two-thirds inning, 3.03 ERA, 26 Ks, 1.42 whip. Again, and he then, and then he goes low to batter. Batter. That's, that, that's been his MO this year for sure. Well, and again, I think that I think the pitching lab and, and you know, Chris Holt and the guys, you know, will will fix that. And I, I think, again, if you can look at what they've done with Grace in the last couple of weeks and what they've done with all these guys, like, I think that is easily fixable stuff. Um, so, again, I like, like we just talked about, I think they're better right now than they were exactly an hour ago. Like, this isn't a, our nuts are on the table. There's a World Series, you know, title out there for us to win. But again, they got better today, again, without fracturing much of the the farm system. They gave up three of their top 16 guys, but I think none of them were above 13. And again, you know, Drew Rahm, I think, came up but never made his, you know, debut this year. I think he got elevated and called up, but he never, you know, he never came in. Um, he is a Titans fan, so I did like him. But, um, you know. Again, it's it. It wasn't. It, they didn't. They didn't get worse they, in any facet. You know, Norfolk. The tides got a little bit worse, but they still have all their big guys. Like you said, Kerstad will be up to help the team this year. Or Joey Ortiz. You know, it should be balls to the wall with him now. Like, I wonder if now this is like a hey, Joey, you're here. You know, Jorge. Something. Go to the bench. Go to the end of the bench. Go. You know, DFA. Something like that. But um, I don't know. Again, I, I'm excited, and, and like you said. The stuff that you um, the stuff that you talked about, where like you know him not fitting in in, in St. Louis, I think he's going to be a good culture guy for the locker room, the clubhouse, the rotation. I think he's going to get along with the guys. I mean, here. look at Aaron Hicks. Like, look at what the comments yeah. from the Kyle Gibsons, the Aaron Hicks, like uh, the Ryan mm-hmm. O'Hearns have been for this clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I, I, Kevin, again, I'm Kevin excited. Um, in the chat, do you guys agree that the clubhouse energy and chemistry is a sneaky reason? That their record is what it is. Doing a lot would change that. They look at the, look at the Mets and the Padres. Look at the Mets and the Padres. Those are those are two clubhouses where guys are making 
500 gajillion dollars combined and it's almost like they don't care if they win or lose again these are a group of chad brad kyles and and you know connors that that want to play baseball and bong beers when they hit dongs so yeah i definitely think that that's a big energy and chemistry thing again i mean like another one to clip right there jake yeah it seems like a it seems like a guy um a guy named jack flaherty is probably going to fit in pretty well with that group of guys Dude, the, Jackie, the other thing, Jackie loves the slug, the beer ball. Not, not to pat us on the back. Sorry, T, but to just build off your point. Not to pat us on the back either. Like last year, me and Banks and RDT were trying to like calm down the lunatic Brandon Hyde haters at the end of the year for his lineups. And I just kept saying the culture is clearly good. They are clearly all bought in on how this is going. And you saw that at the beginning of the year. I think it's, you know, who made that comment. It's a hundred percent right. Like there's clearly something like they were, I mean, you even see it in the fact that they just refuse to get swept. I know that's like a super random stat, but you watch teams that bounce back from losing game one of a series and either come back to win it or lose the first two games and don't lay down in the third game and don't get swept. Like they have those intangible Absolutely qualities. No I know quit. People, there's no quit. Yeah. And I see, I know people, some people see that as BS is like, just bring as much talent as possible. Like, this stuff matters. Like these guys are in the clubhouse together every day. Like this matters when teams are together and they have that. And that's, I think going to be hopefully something that helps them get somebody like a Flaherty that maybe you trade for and isn't signed. And he says, I want to be here. This is a place I want to be. Cause that's what the Orioles are going to have to sell. You can't sell market. You're going to probably have to underpay guys because you know, if you were going to want to make one criticism ownership, isn't necessarily still all in from a monetary standpoint in terms of contracts. And if you want to criticize them on Verlander, maybe that was something that, you know, hurt them from getting Verlander. So that's, they're going to have to do other things. Well, you can't out, you know, Dodger, the Dodgers and out Astro, the, you know, maybe they're kind of trying to be the Astros out Ranger, the Rangers, like that's, they're doing what they're doing. You have to do something else. They literally got a bunch of lefties and then now they get right-handed pitchers. And guess what? Flaherty's not, they're playing a different game and like, Buster only can bitch about it all he wants. I don't care. They're playing a different game than the Dodgers and the Rangers and the Yankees and the Red Sox and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's a different game they're playing. So, speaking Here, of um, which, I mean, the fact that Adley Rutschen's wearing number 35 when Mike Messina, you know, had the career he did. Can we talk about that? Just disrespectful. Just so disrespectful. So, Mikey. I do. I have quotes from Elias. I guess Elias is talking to the reporters now. Quote, <laughs> He's a very accomplished, a very talented starting pitcher that bolsters our rotation. He said the Orioles spent the day focused on pitching. Both starters and relievers described it as a very challenging market. Rock tweets, Elias said that they took some big swings and came close to some other deals. Again, that's not going to make people happy because it's going to be, you're going to have the pocket of fans who are like, oh, Elias is an unserious. That's, that's the new like hot term, unserious. Everything isn't serious, but and I do like the you know I will say the one thing Elias doesn't have a ton of experience with, despite being in Houston stuff, he hasn't been the the honcho on the phone executing the deal or not. So he navigated through this and didn't overpay for anything, didn't make any crazy drastic move, and you know banners hang forever. But at the end of the day, like Flair, Scherzer gets traded, Montgomery gets traded. Let's give Montgomery one tick above the quality of starter that Flaherty is. Scherzer, we'll give him two ticks. Verlander, we'll give him two ticks. Like, we'll give Verlander three ticks, maybe. And it's just different situations. Verlander, again, no trade clause, huge contract, multiple years. He's 40 years old. Jack Flaherty is a $4.5 million rental, which is cut in half. They own, like, what, two mil, probably? And you gave up nothing. I, and I get it. Zach, uh, Zach Showalter, 19-year-old pitcher, has looked good in high A baseball. Shit, maybe he becomes a Hall of Famer. I don't know. Pitching prospects are super volatile. But 
their farm system is still entirely intact and they got another starter that will allow them to continue doing what they've been doing and get to the playoffs. It's also my second favorite Flaherty of all time now. Um, we brought that up at the top of the show. It's too bad you weren't here. Damn it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, have you fired off into your, uh, I don't think your friend to your right there agrees with you, but have you fired off your waiver trade deadline tweet yet? No, 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 no. I was going to do that tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe tonight, but I'm that's, that's going to happen. I guess so. Savale is the one that I It'd forgot. be a fun thing to do here live, but you know, here, all right, I'll fire, I'll fire it off. You got the iPad. Uh, ready? Got the oh, iPad out. Yeah. It looks like he's holding <laughs> a bread Why are people mad at this? Uh, not. Is that the most famous iPad in, in Baltimore? It's got to be. Yeah, easy. <laughs> um, why are people getting mad? Uh, what, what should I say? How do I how do I word this? Don't worry. Yeah, I'll just say like, don't worry. Non waiver. If, if you think this was a was a real solid splash, eh, just wait to wait till you see what they do at the the waiver trade deadline. Yeah. I don't know. If you. Didn't this is, this is electric. I saw you did the deleting the anti Elias tweets. That was, I, I'm, I'm sure that was you. Great, great. That was not me. That was not me. That was, me. That was. was you. A lot, a lot of, a lot of people were really happy with that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I, I, you know, I, I just don't think I, I, I can't get over how people get upset about things not happening. And then would get upset. That's what I said earlier. Would get upset if they lost, you know, top four or five prospects. It's just like that is that is the, the and that's so much of what I saw. It's also like people are freaking out when the trade deadline's still six. Just wait. Just freak out after. I, I you know, maybe that's just maybe that's. Too I literally have like a, I literally have a a temperature association with. I can literally look at someone's profile picture, know who they are, and know exactly what they're gonna think. And like, hey, you just get you gotta let it not bother. <laughs> yeah, and that's you're, not, look, you're fantastic at just avoiding the damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, it's, and it's like whatever. Like, think what you want. You're a fan. You know, it's kind of yeah, and, and I'm fine with that. I mean, RDT said it. Like, if you're mad that they didn't do more, that's fair. I think that's totally fair. Like, they have the ammunition and the ambition to potentially do more. But based on all things that we've seen since this front office started rebuilding the organization, it didn't feel like they were going to make that big of a swing. I just like you, you don't shift philosophy drastically based on the fact that like something, you know, that you are ahead of where you thought you were going to be. Like, I think banks made the point earlier. It's like, or Spenny, one of you guys maybe both made it. Like next year, they may get now get everybody in the position where you know everyone has this you know fantasy lineup about all of the guys. You know Westberg at second and Jackson at short and Gunner at third and Heston Kershaw playing right field and Cowser center field. Like that is possible less than a year from now. And at this point, those may be the guys. And then you have everybody in place, and then you start shedding the rest of these guys because you have the guys that you want. And maybe it's not, maybe it's not Westberg. Maybe it's one of these other guys that plays second or maybe whatever, but like they're still in the discovery phase. I think a little bit of what the roster is and they're what happened this weekend was amazing. Saturday wasn't that amazing, but Sunday and Friday were incredible moments. And those moments, I think are going to continue the way they're building it for another decade. And you can replay this. If this podcast still exists, in 10 years and be like, Taylor, that was like dead wrong. They should have gone all in. This was the one year they could have gone all in, but the way they have it built, they don't need to go all in right now. Like the Rangers are going all in because they have signed all of these guys. They have to go for it. Like they have to win. 
This is their um, window. This yeah. is their window. They they don't have five years like the Orioles do. They don't have the Orioles yeah. are building this in kind of the vein of the Astros, where they hope that they can get to the point where they can make big swings like the Astros have, because they just keep putting more of these prospects into into play, and they're just good all of the time. But they're not there yet. Like they're you know so. <laughs> It, I, if, if we get by, get get to this in a year and they're in the same spot and they don't do anything, you have every reason to freak they out. Need, they need to acquire a borderline or a top of rotation arm 100%. by this time next year. 100%. Then it's going to be really ridiculous. Like trade uh, deadline of next year, they need a certified stud that didn't get one. It's all right. Like we said, if they want a slow roll – give guys a chance to play in a playoff series, hopefully, and, and see how they can finish a year out. I mean, Kramer, Dean, and Grayson have a huge fucking opportunity right now to go show what they're capable of if they can maintain through a high-inning you know, year. Go we, ahead, could be talk- we could be talking next year about a great one-two punch in Grayson Rodriguez and John Means with a nice little round out. And Elias know, did say he views as, as a borderline top of rotation guy too eventually. Here and here's another here's another good quote. This is from my guy Sal. He said there are a lot of people complaining about last year's deadline too. Quote, they traded Mancini, they traded Jorge, same old Orioles. Flaherty may not win Cy Young, but I'm gonna continue to trust Elias, who has ushered in a new and exciting era of Orioles baseball. Jack Flaherty's pitched in the NLCS, started a wild card game, and has been exposed to the Cardinals devil magic for years. Adding someone to the clubhouse that has experience in extracurricular baseball is is valuable for a roster lacking October reps. So again, it's I mean it goes back to what you were saying, Brian. Like I think this I I think he brings more than just whatever whatever he does when he steps on the mound. Again, I think it's big stuff for the clubhouse teaching and and just kind of not being a mentor but being there for the other guys, all these young guys. That's it. I had a fucking Nats fan who was probably 13 years old tell me, "Well, the Orioles are due, they're due for a first round exit because you guys don't have the playoff experience." And I wanted to fucking choke this little dork out. I also I'm, think there's like, the potential here. that people have to be a little more prepared for the reality of the Orioles trying to contend like how the Rays contend rather than how the Dodgers try to contend. Just with like the economic realities of how the of how ownership works. You can't afford a big misstep in terms of financial. Correct. In terms of it's overpaying just a, someone it's just, monetarily. You're, yeah, you're playing a different ball game, and I would love to. Chris Davis and Ubaldo Jimenez. Yeah, so – I think that's the other thing that, you know, and that stinks to hear. I mean, every, we, you know, the, I think the Orioles, you know, every fan would love to be a team that shells out money. But, you know, you see what the Rays do, have done and they haven't won a World Series yet and maybe they never will. And that will be, a, you know, an indictment on what they did because ultimately you're judged on how many bangers you, banners you hang. But there are realities that the organization I'm sure deals with that are that. And, and also, Michael, I said they took big swings. Maybe they did. And they just didn't get it done. And that's just kind of how it goes. But I, I ultimately, you know, before repeating the same point over and over and over, I like what they did. They went and addressed the two issues they had. If, you know, Fujinami isn't good, that's a huge miss because they really needed bullpen help. Maybe it be, it comes in the form of DL Hall or somebody like that. That could be a possibility. And he comes in and, and helps them stabilize it or, or some other avenue from the minor leagues. Um, and if Flaherty's not good, then they will have whiffed there because they really need a starting pit. They really need a starting pitcher based on what's going on. So we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll be able to judge it more in three months. But I come out of this feeling like they didn't, you know, they probably weren't ready to, you know, mortgage some of their farm system yet. I think that's fair. I think you can make arguments for mortgaging it. I'm on the other side of that. And we'll see where we end up in October. Spending so, final thoughts. 
Yeah, go. Cease wasn't the guy, or else they would have mortgaged it. Like he didn't end up getting traded. The White Sox didn't feel compelled to to do it. I mean, Savale probably is a tick up above uh, Flaherty as well. The other thing I'm thinking, like my major number one thing, can they call up fucking Nick Vespi? Like he eats innings, he's fine. He'll let up a couple dingers here and there. Why the? F- that's my him. number one. I think gripe in the entire Orioles organization right now. Let Nick Vespi be in the fucking major league roster and go throw innings for you and do exactly what they need. Also, the reason the bullpen's so tired is because Wells has been getting shelled and having early exits, and then they end up having to use seven arms. So Flaherty can one-to-one go five and six and seven innings, whereas Wells hasn't been able to. That should boost your bullpen and help them not be as tired ultimately. But uh, they did enough to get to the playoffs and not feel overwhelmed when you've got two guys that are pitching at a quality start level Everybody loves ERA, ERA, the dumbest stat in the world. Guess what? A quality start is a 4-5 ERA. A quality start keeps you in every single game. Flaherty, Kyle Gibson, experienced pitchers have 4-5 ERAs. One thing I think we didn't talk about Flaherty, I mean, he, he did miss a huge chunk of the last two years prior to this year. So probably still tinkering and figuring some stuff out. It would be like John Means next year if John Means started slow probably. So I like the move. I would have been pretty upset if they didn't go get someone exactly like Flaherty at least, but – um, you know, Verlander and Scherzer were different situations. Cease and Eduardo Rodriguez didn't get traded to anyone, not just the Orioles. Other team, the Dodgers desperately wanted a starter. They didn't get one. Eduardo Rodriguez shot it down and they didn't get one. I'm sure Dodgers fans are crazy too. So um, I trust this team. I have, I have faith in them. You know, I don't think they're going to win the World Series this year. I don't think they planned on it necessarily, but um, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of watching the rest of the season with the squad that they've had with some tweaks and Let's see if Heston gets called up here or something soon and rock and roll. So um, I'm fired up for August, September, and I'll be at a lot of games this month. So let's go have fun and uh, keep keep showing out for this Orioles team and see if this clubhouse can maybe go do the damn thing and go get to an ALCS or a World Series. So excited. RDT, final thoughts. You're muted. <laughs> Love to be out of class there. Uh... Just echoing what everybody was saying. Like they're again, they didn't fracture and and completely shit on their farm system to unload for Jordan Montgomery or Michael Lorenzen. Like again, I just I I put myself like I think towards the future. Like what would happen if they would have traded Preto and Drew Rom for Michael Lorenzen, who's thirty one and coming up on an innings limit, and who kind of shits the bed? Then it's like way to go, Mike. Can't believe you traded those guys for him. You know, it's it's it, it's kind of like a, you're not going to win in that kind of situation. Like. So that that's my that's my thought with that, but um, yeah, again, I, they're a better team than they were. Someone in the comments, someone put it. This guy, this is perfect, Sean. Every single fan and punted three weeks ago said they need another bullpen arm and another starting pitcher. He got both without going into the top ten. That's exactly right. Like that is perfect. Plus, again, we as as uh, you know, and Elias has said it. He was like, we're looking for again. He goes, starters can go to the bullpen. Like that's going to be a thing. Um, and, and again, I mean, all the quotes are coming out. Molesky said, Elias, the teams are asking for some of the O's very best prospects. We were willing in certain scenarios, but I can only control our side of it. Again, it's another thing. It takes two to tango. Like you cannot make a deal. It's not one-sided. Like that is not how it works. Um, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to find some of the other quotes cause they're good quotes. You know, this bolsters us for the stretch, you know, St. Louis, you know, he said St. Louis did well too. Look at the trades this year. There were huge returns even for the rentals. So again, I mean, it's, it's very clear that baseball is a seller's market. Like some teams could have absolutely made the pirates fucking robbed the Padres 
for fucking Dick Mountain, Rich Hill, and uh, and Choi over there. They got their 13th ranked prospect for Choi and Rich Hill. Like, what is going on? I mean, that's incredible. So, again, it wasn't the big splash. You know, I think Cease was always a pipe dream. I know I was I was calling for it. Verlander, I think, was a pipe dream. You know, was it ever going to happen? Probably not. But, again, I think they're, they're better today than they were at this time yesterday. And they're still a really, really good baseball team. This isn't like uh, they're in the middle of the pack and they need something to kind of separate from, you know, the wild card group. There's a team leading the best division in sports. Like, I, again, I, I think we have to just trust and, and again, see where this takes us. I think, I think they're in a very good spot. And, you know, again, I, I'm excited to see Flaherty. He should go on Thursday, it sounds like, um, that he's going to pitch. So let's uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully we're going for a sweep with, with, with you know, flats on the mound. Can we call Flaherty's, him flats? Flaherty's last start was the 26, so he's got plenty of rest. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, you know, again, I, I'm very excited. So I'm going to probably trade for him tonight in the show and, and we'll go from there. So Orioles, and also, I, again, I just, I just got another text from someone who goes, you know, I'm not an expert, but they, he said, I don't see, I didn't see any of them fitting in with this team, which again, it, if these guys aren't going to play and that's a great problem <clears> to have so many talented guys who just, you can't fit them all. You have to move them. And, and they did. And again, they still moved them without hurting their future because again, Kobe Mayo is going to come up and hit 35 home runs. Jackson Holiday is going to be the best player that we've ever seen. And and Heston Kerstad is, you know, guarantee you. I, I'll put money that he hits the Utah Street bomb this year. So, And cool. Orioles yeah. already have Dick Mountain and Adam Frazier. Taylor, I feel like we got your final thoughts there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, have, I have nothing else to say. To yeah. Brian, how about you close this out with your final thoughts and how was your mm-hmm. weekend? Uh, well, I'd, I'd want to put a bow on just like one more comment about the quotes. The fact that they were looking at relievers as well, I think goes to show that they, again, they were taking a very measured approach where they didn't have, um, you know, an end goal where they're like, we have to do blank because one of the options for them was to go out and try to take a 2014, 15 Casey Royals approach and try to get another stud reliever, and try to get that six, seven, eight, nine inning lockdown situation. Um, and they didn't do that. But the fact that they their comments afterwards indicated that that was kind of one of their options, I think, speaks to that type of approach that they were looking at this from a couple different angles. Um, and this is the, the better of the two choices, I would say. Um, so I'm not going to repeat what I feel like we've been talking in circles about that. I think this is a really shrewd move. It's not a huge splash, but it's a very, um, uh, I keep using the word measured, measured move here. Um, that sets us up and we got better today and that's what it's all about. So, um, are you, is, is this the part where I go into my Wait, weekend? Real yeah. quick. Yeah. I actually do have one more. I'll, I'll, I'll put a bow in mind real quick. Cause I already said it. It sparked me. Don't leave the enjoy the ride phase as a fan yet. Don't leave it yet. Great Next year, feel free to leave it. It's going to be all systems go. That's probably when Elias should have given the liftoff quote right before next year because it will truly be liftoff. Mm-hmm. We are right now like in the countdown phase to liftoff. And just continue to enjoy the things that haven't happened for a while. If you can't en- enjoy the home game at Camden Yards to its full potential and with just the joy of the fact that it's happening – as opposed to being totally locked up in the fear of what could happen like that. Come on, let's, yeah. let's think so, about that. So this is the guys we've got go Orioles. Go ahead, Banks. Let's, let's talk it up. Huge win for you this weekend. 
this was a huge one for me. Uh, yeah, thank you for for circling back to that. Uh, the, the the writing on it is blocked wow. up the beer itself, but uh, yeah, you're talking to the uh, the Gold Flight uh, net champion there, Glenn Riddle. Um, I chipped in on 18. Oh. I need, a pressure chip. I needed to get up and down to win my flight, and I I just went ahead and said, "Fuck it, who needs a putter? I'm just gonna jar it." So. Um, Hitting I mean, we could, bombs. We, we could be on here for another hour talking about it. I won't subject everybody to that. Um, well, uh, we're all uh, the four of us are going to leave this, and you'll stay in here and uh, you know recount the experience for the next <laughs> sure, hour. Sure, yeah. happy to do it. I got a lot more to go here. We heard you. I mean, it's a beautiful trophy. Congratulations! It fits, it fits four beers. What did you have to shoot to win the gold flight? Uh, net seventy-two. Net seventy-two. Wow! Look at you. Net okay. seventy-two. Net seventy, of course, the net champion. Net, I love that. Net, yeah, yeah. Um, Sixty-seven hundred yards, Jake. I've played not, it. Trust me, okay. I, I'm aware. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like you were hobnobbing with uh, some, you know, some big names out there too. Yeah, Mike Vick and Antoine Randall were in the clubhouse, uh, hosting some beers on Saturday. Um, definitely, <laughs> definitely did not approach them in any way, shape, or form. But you really? uh, didn't go up to and be like, "Hey, man, can I get a picture?" You know, I got, a, I got this podcast. Maybe you come on at one time that you weren't doing all that. No, I, I did not do that. I was uh, enjoying the spoils of my seventy-eight uh, man of war. Mm. So, net seventy-two. No, that was a net sixty-five. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah, that's the one that's taking the lead. Wow. All right. Yeah. So that's got to be your best round in years. It's my best round of the year. Okay. Flex, I guess. Sure. Okay. By the way, I mean, I told you I have so much more. Their, that, but... Orioles are 13 games from hitting their season total of 76 and a half. I have $1,000 on that. Okay. Final, final countdown. There we go. Um, Elias, I don't think people will like this quote. He said, "Our goal is to win the division." <laughs> so we got that. We can. Uh, we'll we'll leave. We'll leave to ruminate on that. And then uh, Eric, I know you, Eric. I know you wanted to do a tight fifteen on the Donald Trump indictment. So if you want to get going on that, um, you have the floor. I'll just. Or that's for the Patreon. You got to okay. pay me for that. Yeah, so. we'll 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 put that. Or there. just meet me at the Centerfield Bar, and I will. By the way, I, this is. This is I just speaking of the Trump thing. I love that. So I, you know, I follow wrestling a little bit. Um, WWE. I mean, I I also follow amateur wrestling a little bit, but WWE in this case. And all the wrestling sites are just tweeting WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump indicted, which is just one of my. I just those tweets make me laugh every time. It's happened every time, and I just I I had to get that out in there. That's you did my everything right. Yeah, I just love WWE Hall of Famer indicted, not former president. Not it's so good. Like all of the wrestling outlets, so good. I and they know exactly what they're doing. Sensational content. Former USFL commissioner Donald Trump indicted. Okay, well, yeah, (laughs) that's a tight hour, a tight, a tight happy hour. You know, here on a Tuesday. Uh, Appreciate everyone rolling through some really, really active comments. Maybe the most active I've seen on a happy hour here. Obviously, it was a big day here in Birdland. Uh, like Banks said, a, a very measured move made by uh, Mike Elias and Sig and the boys to go and get Jack Flaherty, Black Jack Flaherty, uh, who's going to slide into this rotation, be one of its uh, you know top three starters probably right off the bat, and uh, hopefully be a workhorse and help this team go and do what they're capable of, which is win a World Series. So we'll be around for all of that, be around for plenty more. We're going to have more happy hours coming up. These are always very fun to do. We appreciate all the interaction. Uh, and, yeah, you'll be hearing from us again very, very soon. Probably going to be getting some more uh, 
recaps of series as we get a little bit more into nut cutting time of the season here. Playoffs are approaching, as Spenny mentioned. Orioles are pretty much already about to hit their uh, hit their win total over, and uh, we're not even really that close to the playoffs quite yet. So, pretty cool stuff. Thank you guys for jumping in and interacting and listening as we broke down the Jack Flaherty move, and we will talk to you again very very soon. See ya. Arrivederci.